Well, hello there and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts in the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. Today on this edition of The Conversation, I'm chatting with Matthew Hansen, Division Director of Site Development and Inspections Division, and that's with the Fairfax County Land Development Services. Now, we're talking today about infill lot development, as well as floodplains, RPA, etc., all those topics, and how they relate to homeowners, why you should care about them, and how those issues relate to SDID and what that agency does. So, Matthew, a lot to cover today. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure to be here, Jim. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation, and I know I'm going to learn some things today because going in, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about what you do. So, set it up for us and the listeners. What does Site Development and Inspections Division do? Thanks, Jim. Uh, we are part of the Department of Land Development Services, uh, and that means we're part of the department that regulates things like the Stormwater Management Ordinance, the Free Conservation Ordinance, uh, Chesapeake Bay, that's Resource Protection Area and Floodplain. Uh, and so us in the Site Development and Inspections Division focus on those uh, exterior components. We're not the building division. We're not issuing mm-hmm. the buildings and the structural permits. Uh, we are all those um, uh, t- regulatory topics outside of the building. Uh, and so that's erosion and sediment control. It's uh, okay. reviewing all of the permits that someone might need to build that new house, uh, focusing on the exterior components. Is the grading and drainage designed appropriately? Is the tree conservation ordinance being met? Are the floodplain and the resource protection area being appropriately handled in the site planning phase and through to the inspections phase that, that work complies with the permits and is, is built in compliance with the code. Okay. So you guys are there beginning, middle, and end. Absolutely. We are there at uh, at the permitting phase uh, to review the engineering work uh, and through to close out at the end to make sure that the, the site af- upon completion matches the approved plans. Now, I, I mentioned the term infill development in the intro, and we chatted a little bit before we started rolling today, and you were telling me about the, what infill development is. Can you tell me again and the listeners what infill development is and why your agency plays such an important role in that? Sure. Infill development in uh, general is any development taking place in an already developed area, as opposed to what you might see in a you know, more rural exurban setting of farmland turning into new gotcha. developments. Okay. In Fairfax County, we use that term most specifically to refer to infill lot residential development. So uh, not to confuse the two, but infill lot residential developments, we often simply call infill development, is that teardown and rebuild activity that defines a lot of our older uh, communities. Think uh, those in the eastern and, and southern parts of Fairfax County where the older housing stock is is turning over, uh, being torn down and rebuilt uh, one and two at a time. And that's a, I'm, I'm sure that's a hot topic and something keeps you busy. I mean, there's a lot of that going on in Fairfax County. Uh, there's an awful lot of it going on, and it is transformative to neighborhoods. It's very important that we, uh, from Land Development Services, see the codes enforced uh, to the letter of the law for items like stormwater management and the tree conservation ordinance during this redevelopment activity. Now, um, someone gave me some information, and I was doing a little bit of searching, and um, it's like you guys are kind of like behind the scenes almost. I mean, to some regard, some people don't really necessarily see you or see what you do, but everybody feels or knows what you do. I mean, is that kind of a good way to kind of say it? 
that's that's really uh, apt. Uh, we are behind the scenes. When everything's going smoothly, we are behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> landowners will come to us for permits. Uh, we'll we'll give them permits for their sites when they've demonstrated compliance uh, with all of the right topics, uh, and then they'll build their site perfectly in compliance with the plan. Uh, we are we're not in the background uh, when anything goes wrong. If there is a problem with an erosion and sediment control plan, somebody uh, in the neighbor in a neighborhood might see. Uh, mud running down the street. They might see um, somebody operating a site is really tracking loads of mud out uh, on their tires. Hmm. Uh, and that's when we're available to go out uh, uh, upon request. And, and we do go out systematically and actively to do these inspections. But we also respond upon request to uh, to anything that sounds like someone might not be complying with their plan. While you mentioned it, while while we're here doing that, how would someone reach out? Sure. Uh, they would contact us at um, 703-324-1720. Uh, that's us in the site development division uh, where we would dispatch an inspector to go have a look at any permitted construction activity. All right. So continuing on the infill development, infill residential type thing, a lot of it going on. I'm sure that's keeping you guys busy. I mean, is it a majority of your workload or is it evenly spaced between that and other things your division does? Kind of give me a feel for that. Sure. It's, it's a fairly even split of that residential infill development uh, and other work. Uh, other work includes uh, from the high-rises you see up, up in Tyson's being built, there are site components to that, of course, uh, to more uh, routine site redevelopments like uh, uh, schools uh, is, a, is a big landowner and a big builder in the county mm. and any other commercial developments. So, we spend a lot of time uh, in residential neighborhoods focusing on infill. There's, by the uh, the number of projects, there are more of that type of project than anything else. Right. Uh, but it's about a split in terms of level of effort. Um, mm. to, to put it in uh, some useful numbers, we see between five and 600 uh, infill sites, those residential teardown and rebuilds, per year. But that, that seems like it would be enough to keep you busy. It is an awful lot. Are there... Like major areas or I mean, kind of touched on a little bit earlier, uh, topics or subjects or areas uh, for focus for site development inspections division. You mentioned like the Chesapeake Bay tree preservation, stormwater management. What are some of those like areas of focus for y'all? Uh, the, the very first one is erosion and sediment control. It's, okay. it's not glamorous, but it is uh, a longstanding basis for, for our inspections program that it's, uh, it is vital to the health of our waterways to prevent sediment pollution. Uh, and we're talking about mud and dirt. <laughs> um, and so our Let's inspectors- get down in the mud and talk about right, it. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Uh, and so we are looking first uh, for, is the erosion and sediment control pollution prevention plan uh, being maintained and abided by uh, when we do our site inspections? Uh, there are uh, many more details. There's the stormwater management plan. Uh, we are focused uh, chiefly on the volume of runoff. Uh, water quality is also important, and we do uh, have a system of, of ensuring water quality is protected in our, our stormwater ordinance. Uh, the water quantity, that is the, the water uh, volume that, that could flood downstream properties or overwhelm downstream infrastructure, is something we care uh, greatly about when we're reviewing those infill lot grading plans. Uh, the vast majority are constructed with detention systems, that is, uh, stormwater vaults to hold the water on site so that uh, a new home, which is typically a larger footprint than an old home, mm -hmm. uh, there's more water running off that site if you don't do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those are built with uh, small detention systems proportionate 
to the size of the uh, the increase of of the home footprint. Okay, and just with my basic minimum knowledge, just from doing some podcasts, um, this is kind of a new issue or a new problem that we're having to deal with in, in the, the area of permits, regulation, etc. Uh, the, the no, sure, or, sure. Uh, nothing is new, but I would uh, I would say that the the intensity of development and right. our our ability and our uh, our knowledge of uh, these drainage problems is ever improving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the greater frequency of infill development, the the increased uh, the relative density, how many of these are occurring in each neighborhood, really uh, brings a point to uh, the fact that increases in runoff volume have negative effects if they're not mitigated. Uh, and so we've uh, we've evolved. We uh, are regulating uh, to the maximum extent that the code allows us to get these stormwater detention systems on you know, every place that water flows are increasing, so we can protect downstream properties from uh, from the effects of flooding. And, and we also care about the uh, waterways downstream, the uh, increased erosion uh, of uh, urbanized channels. Uh, is something that we protect against as well by reducing those increases in flow. All right. What's the number one thing you're looking at when you look at plans and somebody wanting to build, et cetera, uh, specifically for erosion and sediment control? What's what's the what's the biggie? Uh, we're we're looking for those down downhill sides to the property. What's happening mm-hmm. on uh, on your neighboring downhill property line? Are you okay. concentrating water uh, in a way that it wasn't concentrated before? Um, uh, you could regrade a property in a way that focuses water where it didn't focus before, where mm. that flow wasn't before, uh, and that can can have an unintended consequence of sediment pollution during construction. Uh, and if that that regrading were done carelessly, it could have a negative effect on neighbors with water quantity, where it's the big flow of water mm-hmm. uh, permanently. So, what would you say to a resident that says, "Hey, look, water's not on my property. It's it's not my problem, right?" Uh, water, water is all of our problem, and and this can be uh, a tough topic during development. That mm. that you're not allowed to stop the flow of water coming onto your property. Now, if okay. you're redeveloping a site in the middle of a hill, uh, you have just as much obligation to maintain the flow of water from your neighbor's property uphill. You, you can't build a dam on your uphill side. Mm. Uh, you have the same obligation to maintain the flow of water onto your property as as you have the right to continue to allow that water to flow. Uh, across your property and and leave the downhill side of your property. Oh, okay. We're on the county conversation, a fascinating chat with Matthew Hansen, who is Division Director of the Site Development and Inspections Division with Fairfax County's Land Development Services. And uh, we're we're talking all things erosion, sediment control, and what Site Development Inspections Division does. Um, While we're on the topic of erosion and sediment control, Anything else that I'm not knowledgeable enough to ask or anything you want to bring up? All right. I think that's quite a lot about erosion and sediment control. I, I would emphasize that we do have a um, large team of inspectors uh, who go around uh, trying to uh, – that they are verifying compliance with these plans mm-hmm. on sites and then that we are available uh, upon request to do extra inspections. Uh, folks uh, who live near these projects will see them more than we will despite our efforts to get out there regularly. Uh, and we do appreciate uh, when something goes wrong to hear about it uh, from whoever sees it first. You mentioned earlier uh, one of the focus areas was stormwater management, which I'm just assuming, and I hate to do that because you know what happens when you assume, stormwater management um, ties in with what we were just talking about, erosion and sediment control. 
but there's got to be a little broader part of the stormwater management that y'all are focusing on. You're right. Uh, stormwater management is it is more complicated um, mm-hmm. and less um, less obvious than the mm-hmm. erosion and sediment control. When it goes wrong, you might not see it until you know the next mega storm comes mm-hmm. through. Okay, uh, and so these systems are. Um, they are important to not increase flows on downstream neighbors and in a way that um, would cause harm. That is, flooding where flooding didn't exist before. Uh, so we look for two things. We look for the drainage pattern. Um, I mentioned the, the middle of the hill uh, example a moment ago. Uh, our drainage patterns being changed in a way that would cause harm? Uh, and we review for that. Um, maintaining existing drainage patterns is, is the name of the game there. Um, uh, and the water quantity then is is equally important uh, that you not increase the water quantity during development. That that all those increases are held back on the property, detained, uh, and let to release then uh, after some period of time. And, and the engineering calculations would uh, would demonstrate how that works. So not not putting out more water output after you build your project or whatever is that that what you're that's about? right it's all about flow rate uh, okay. what is uh how fast is that water released uh and to slow it down so that the flow rate doesn't uh doesn't go up as the project after the project is completed you know i gotta admit my my mind is spinning right now and i'm thinking what in the world you know if i'm the average homeowner this is a lot for me to take in i mean what's the recommendation uh the recommendation is if you have a question about development next door uh, that we have those plans available on our PLUS website. Uh, if it's a project in progress, uh, they have mm-hmm. plans from us. If they have a site-related component to their plan, they'll have a permit from us. Uh, those approved plans are available um, automatically on our PLUS website. Uh, the public can go to the public-facing side of PLUS, uh, use the global search to type in an address of interest, uh, mm-hmm. and they're on the documents section, the attachments section. Uh, you'll find a copy of any approved plan you'd like. And uh, uh, we are available in the Department of Land Development Services to answer questions about those plans, to to have conversations, to explain more about, about what the content of those plans is, uh, and uh, most most interestingly, what it means to neighbors to those projects. Now, do you find, you mentioned earlier, like five to 600 um, per year uh, residential projects, I think mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um in your experience, are you finding most often that you're dealing with developers, contractors, et cetera, or are there like one-off homeowners that want to, you know, I don't know, tear down something and build something bigger? I mean, is there a way to quantify the mix of who you're dealing with? And then I'll have a follow-up for you. Sure. It's 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 a real mix. There are professional development organizations who, who build many homes a year who go through this process. There are also are the one-off homeowner, somebody building their dream house, uh, and they are uh, handling their site permitting themselves. Uh, and so we serve customers of, of a complete range uh, of experience levels. All right. So that one-off residential customer, somebody's listening and maybe they want to build their dream house. They're listening and they're thinking, oh my gosh, what in the world do I do? Where do I start? Where do they start? What do they do? Ah, great question. We uh, We do have resources that are targeted towards plan preparers. Uh, on our website. So we mm-hmm. are at fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. Uh, and there's a few things in there. There's our site development page um, through which you can find resources for plan preparers where a homeowner would get get a, uh, a window into the requirements that their engineering consultant is required to demonstrate on that plan. 
we also have a brand new section of our website we're uh, excited to uh, announce, and that's what we call the Permit Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Fairfax County Permit Library is on our Land Development Services website. Uh, and it's not just site permitting, but we have uh, every required permit listed by name. Uh, and we are uh, actively building out um, content under each permit type. So uh, your ab- uh, a homeowner can click on it and see what are the requirements for your infill lot grading plan, for example. And we're doing the same thing for all building permit types as well. So a, a homeowner, correct me if I'm wrong, a homeowner can do all the permits themselves or hire someone to do the permits or a third option. Just let their builder or contractor or whatever handle the permits. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. The The homeowner can hire an engineering consultant and then uh, manage the permit process themselves. It is it is most common uh, for the client, be it a homeowner or a builder, uh, to have the engineering uh, professional uh, handle the site permitting process and be the representative of the project to Fairfax County during permitting. Okay. While we're here, good point. Resources again, website, telephone number. How can folks reach out, get questions, etc.? Any question about site permitting uh, can be directed to 703-324-1720. Uh, that's Austin uh, Site Development and Inspections Division. Uh, and of course, our website, fairfaxcounty.gov slash landdevelopment. fairfaxcounty.gov slash landdevelopment or specific questions, 703-324-1720. Matthew, as we're kind of landing the plane here, as they say, um, summarize all this for me. What 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 does this topic and what does site development inspections division? What is it? What does it do? Kind of kind of bring it all home and put a nice wrap on the a bow on the wrapping for me. Sure. Our uh, our mission is to facilitate safe and sustainable building, and so us in site development are our permitting site development, and we are looking after environmental components of, of regulation that matter when you're disturbing land, mm-hmm. um, you know, from water quantity through to, um, we didn't mention floodplain and resource protection area topics, but we're also looking after the, the health of our streams uh, and the safety of our residents uh, with respect to floodplain, uh, that we don't build houses where they shouldn't be in, in areas like floodplain. So, uh, the the summary is that we are we're looking after environmental focused regulations uh, when we permit these uh, these large land disturbing projects uh, to the end of not flooding things downstream, not uh, leading to sediment pollution of our, our waterways in the bay, uh, and looking up for the safety of our residents with respect to uh, flooding and, and overland stormwater flows. Talk to me a minute before we go then about. Uh uh, was it the RFAs, I think you mentioned, and the floodplains? Uh, certainly. The uh, the resource protection area, the uh, RPA resource protection area, is defined in our Chesapeake Bay Preservation Ordinance. And, and the point of that is to protect the health of our waterways by keeping development uh, out of that defined area, which is generally 100 feet from the stream bank. Oh, okay. uh, and so uh, any development is discouraged in that area, uh, and planting of natural species uh, as you would find near a stream, is is encouraged. And uh, there's an awful lot of streams in neighborhoods that predated that ordinance. And uh-huh. so there are exception processes uh, to facilitate uh, landowners' ability to use those parcels uh, and th- uh, then see incremental improvements to the water quality around those streams during the course of the development. Matthew, uh, final uh, 30 seconds. I always like to try to let the guest have the last word, so to say. So uh, 
Final thoughts as, as we wrap it up today. What number one thing you want listeners to, to go away remembering? To the, uh, to the listener, I would say uh, we in site development care greatly about environmental protection during development. Uh, and if there, anybody has concerns about development in process, we are here to have those conversations. Uh, 703-324-1720 uh, to ask any questions about development and process uh, and to tip us off about uh, areas where our inspections are needed that folks might see before we do. Matthew, you, you made this so even I could understand this today. So thank you for that. Uh, well, thank you very much, Jim. Absolutely. Matthew Hansen, Division Director, Site Development and Inspections Division with Fairfax County's Land Development Services here with us on the County Conversation Podcast. Thanks to him for being here and thanks to you for listening. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, you can visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash news. Or you can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. That is weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.